When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, happy Friday. Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast. I hope everybody's having a great day so far. Getting ready to head up to Indianapolis, see this Titans and Colts game go down. And uh, a couple of interesting notes to get you guys before you hear some of the interviews that we've done this week. Rashad Weaver and uh, Colts coach, former Colts coach, Rick Venturi, their version of Coach Mack. We broke down the matchup uh, at some length, and I really think you're going to enjoy both of those conversations. But uh, before we do that, let me tell you that this podcast, as always, is presented by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the best place to go, not just in Nashville, not just in Middle Tennessee, but in the entire state. They got one of the state's largest selections of quality American-made Ford vehicles, and they will work with you from start to finish to make sure you get exactly what you want at Two Rivers Ford. They also offer $500 bonus cash when you custom order a 2023 model year Ford. So trust the best in the business, the non-commissioned salespeople, all there to work for you at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So before we do the Weaver stuff and Coach Venturi, a couple of guys who got ruled out by Mike Rabel today, Amani Hooker among them, the biggest and most notable Uh, He'll miss time with a concussion, certainly after how scary Thursday night football was. uh, No risks needing to be taken with somebody's uh, situation as they work their way through the concussion protocol. But three critical defensive players for the Titans that are going to miss time. Zach Cunningham is ruled out, as is their slot corner, Ugo Amadi, for the second straight game. That means no Elijah Molden, no Ugo Amadi. Question becomes, do we see Caleb Farley get any increase in playing time, or do they start Terrence Mitchell on the outside again? Now, also important to note that Roger McCreary, their stud rookie corner, was limited today with a back injury Friday as we record this podcast. His status is questionable, which would make this a much more complicated situation. Uh, the Colts, it looks like DeForest Buckner is questionable, but on track to play. And Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard, I mean, is questionable, but also thinks he might go. So those will be two critical pieces for the Colts as they try and continue to have one of the most stout red zone or rather rushing defenses in all of football. Other than that, you know, I mean, you guys know how these trips to Indianapolis go. Uh, the Titans have had a lot of success there, though. Three straight in Indianapolis uh, and three straight victories against this franchise outright. It's been a really, really interesting situation to see how the tide has kind of turned in the Titans' favor. Colts have a lot of flaws, as do the Titans. So it's going to be in, it's going to be fascinating to see which one of these two comes out of them. Absolutely critical divisional game. The first for the Titans, but even more importantly, the third for the Colts, only four weeks in. So we'll see how the game goes. Obviously, we'll do primetime on Sunday night. But first, let's hear from Rashad Weaver, outside linebacker, and Coach Rick Venturi. 
Now, because it is Colts Week, that provides us the opportunity to have somebody whose analysis is as good as it gets. Coach Rick Venturi joins us now on 104.5 The Zone. Coach, always a great pleasure to catch up with you. Oh, same with you, Buck. Always enjoy being on with you. You know it's a big week when I'm on with you, and it's Titans week. Uh, I'll be honest with you, we knew we knew this would be a big game, but it's really for both teams turned into a must game. Really, I, I think the I think the season in some ways for these two teams uh, pivots really on the outcome this weekend. It certainly does in the uh, in the AF, AFC South. That's for sure. Well, there's no question, and the Colts having already played several AFC South games to start their season. Yeah which kind of puts it into this unique week four kind of critical situation for both of them. I hate that. I, I mean, personally coach, just because of the stakes and, and as it gets more entertaining late in the season, I hate that the Colts and Titans will be done with their series by uh, October 23rd. And I wonder as, as a, as a coach yourself and having, you know, looked at the perspective of these guys, like that's got to really frustrate them with critical divisional games on the line as the season gets late. Well, the the, two, the first two weeks were just almost catastrophic here. Now, that was saved by a great performance uh, last Sunday uh, against the Chiefs. And, of course, you know, as you know, uh, we live the lives of – we have the shelf life of a fruit fly as coaches and players. <laughs> and honestly, after, you know, after beating the Chiefs, now we're back on the upside of it looking at Tennessee. You're right. that It's really unique – uh, we will have all our AFC games, AFC South games done by midseason. That's that's kind of crazy. Uh, obviously, we're off to a bad start with a tie and the loss. And I would say for both teams today, the elephant in the room right now, and I've studied them and I watched them kick our fanny two weeks ago, the elephant in the room is Jacksonville. I'm going to tell you, yeah. uh, when we walked out of there in game 17, and we had that meltdown last year. I thought it was just that, a meltdown, karma. They rode the wave. Uh, when, I, when I walked out of there two weeks ago, there was no fluke. That is a really good football team that will challenge for the South. You know, they, they have made great improvements from coaching, you know, to their player selection, to their development. So it's, it's going to be a real crapshoot here in the ASC South. Former Colts coach Rick Venturi here with us on 104.5 The Zone breaking down the matchup. But yeah, the, the Jags, I, I'm looking forward to talking about them later in the season. The Titans won't see them until December. But for, for the meantime, this, this Colts team, coach, it has been interesting because the defense, particularly against the run, has been spectacular. I thought that yeah. front way, it, it's as good as I've seen them play against Mahomes and the Chiefs, who are not easy to make look mortal. On the offensive side of the ball, though, which is where I'd like to start with you, the offensive line has been utterly perplexing to me, and I wonder what your evaluation of it has been through these first three weeks. No, you're you're right on. Uh, you know, our big, our two biggest issues, one of which we fixed, was our pass percentage of guests. In our first two games, uh, both the Texans and the Jacksonville hit our defense for 72% completions. Now, Gus did a really good job last week. He wasn't stubborn. He really changed up the scheme, and he really did a good job, and we kind of fixed that. Um, the, other, the other biggest issue, and this carried all the way through last week, even though we won it, uh, we won in spite of it, not because of it, is we have just had a miserable uh, protection 
the ability to protect and really the ability to run it. I mean, who who really would have thought that the Titans and the Colts would be playing with one team having the 23rd best rushing team and one being the 29th? I it's mean, that, so bizarre. That's that, that is bizarre. But we have had a miserable time. We haven't established a run. Teams have given us heavy defenses and stopped Jonathan on first down, and then they brought the heat, and we've been beat both physically up front. Uh, you know, we struggle at left tackle with Pryor. We struggle, uh, struggle with Pinter at right guard. They've been exposed talent-wise. But, yeah, everybody has those issues. Tennessee has those issues when they get behind. But – our biggest issue, and the thing that is most troubling to me, I do believe it's fixable, is that we have just had terrible blitz coordination. We have had free blitzers from all over. Um, you know, Matt Ryan has been sacked 12 times yeah. and 28 hits in three games. I mean, that's just that's inexcusable. It just can't happen. And you know, particularly with a Ryan, Ryan is very is opposite Tannehill. Ryan is an old school drop-back thrower, who still can throw as good as he's ever thrown in his life with accuracy. He's not a statue, but he's not an avoider. He's not a guy who threatens the edge. And so you know you're going to attract blitzes. I knew that in the summertime. I said the key to this season would be protecting Ryan because they're going to try to get after him. And so, you know, we've just done a very, very poor job of that. And if we don't fix it, you know, we're going to be in trouble because Tennessee – and everybody else in this league, it's a copycat league. Everybody is going to come after you until you stop it. And so, you know, really important, you know, I think some keys this week. I think one of the biggest keys, you know, is which team can stay ahead of the count. I don't think yeah. either team plays well from disadvantage at all. And I, and I think whoever can stay ahead in the count is probably going to win this game. I mean, the Titans' biggest issue has been, at least coming off of last week's game, playing with the advantage. Closing that game out in the second half was a nightmare situation for them. Scoring 24 points and then coming away with zero in two quarters to kind of keep a, keep their thumb on the Raiders. But we'll get to them and, and the, the guy you call the Iron Horse here in just a little bit. Um, what I look, what I look at with Matt Ryan though, coach, and maybe this is a product of the protection issues, but he, he also, to me does not seem quite comfortable with his receiver, his new receivers just yet. He's, he's a 37 year old quarterback. He's a veteran. He's dealing with protection issues and he's playing in a new system. So this is all, you know, fairly reasonable to expect given the circumstances that we now have in hand. But I wonder what you've made of Matt Ryan and these young receivers as they try to get the offense into a more fluid situation. Well, what I'm hoping is that some of that got fixed in the last four minutes of the game. We were really uneven offensively, but in the last four minutes and 38 seconds, we put together one heck of a drive to go down and win it. Uh, you point out your, your, your points are accurate. I mean, if you watched our preseason, I watched every practice, every game, uh, 80% of the 11-on-11 um, 11 11 drills, be a team, 7-on-7, seven 80% of it went to Pittman. I mean, there wasn't any doubt. It was almost like, is there anybody else on this team other than Jonathan run it and Pittman catch it? And people can stop you with those two dimensions alone. Um, <clears throat> and now, though, I hope, and this is this is my hope because I have great faith in both guys. I wanted Chris to draft both guys is Pierce really asserted himself last week. Yeah. Uh, he had three catches. Uh, and what Pierce can do that we haven't had here in a long time, really since Hilton's pride or prime, 
is we haven't had a guy that can stretch a defense on the outside of the numbers. Even Pittman is very, very solid, but he's an inside scheme-dependent guy. On the outside now, Pierce with that 4-1 speed, and that is legitimate football speed, 4-4-1, he can basically climb on top of you. And as he showed last week, he can make the the circus 50-50 catch, and he's getting better in the route tree. So he brings something that we haven't had in a long time that would have a domino effect, I think, even on our running game. And then the young kid, uh, Jelani Woods, really had two big catches for touchdowns, including the game winner. And he's another big talent who can stretch the field interior-wise. You know, he's 6'6", he's about 260, but he's a 4'6'1". I mean, he can stride, and with all that range and that length that he has, that, you know, cliche catching radius, he's a real threat in that red zone, and he caught two red zone touchdown passes, including the game winner, and he stretched for them. So, you know, I want to see that change. If we revert back to Pittman alone, you know, it will be our death knell. If we continue to bring these young kids along, And as I said after the game, it was a great confidence for those two games. But just to validate the point you made earlier, I said, but as importantly, it was a big confidence getter in those guys for Matt Ryan. And so, you know, again, it's it's all about balance in this league. You know that. I mean, I was happy when A.J. Brown left the building because (laughs) he was always the Colts killer. I mean, when we, you know, when we would line up everybody and his brother to stop the steel horse, you know, all of a sudden it was A.J. Brown. I don't know how many big plays he's had against us over the years. Rashad Weaver going to join us here in just a moment. He's leading the team in sacks right now. He's like tied for sixth to the AFC. He's got three. So three. one against the Raiders, two against the Giants? Uh, yes, that is correct. And so uh, he has been an important part of a pass rush that it just needs somebody at some point to step up and make a difference. And certainly that's what he and Jeff Simmons and Danico Autry have been able to do. Um, So I'm looking forward to talking to him about just how many snaps he's playing right now because he's he's getting the Harold Landry treatment where Harold would play like 90% of the snaps on defense. They do a lot of different things. They move him around a lot on defense. So there was an understanding of why he would play so much. But for Rashad, it's kind of trial by fire. And so far... Done pretty well with it. So we're looking forward to catching up with him uh, here in just a second before he heads out on the practice field. Rashad Weaver of the Tennessee Titans joins us right now. What's up, stud? What up, Buck? How we living? Uh, you know, just getting ready to go out here and run around on the field. How you feeling? I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling fine. I'm, I'm jealous that you're outside today and I'm not. I'm stuck in this studio. But, uh, you know, it's not like I'm going through the rigors of football practice. I'm just out there trying to get my steps in on the sideline. All right, man, come on out here. I'll get you an extra helmet. <laughs> Listen, there are so many of your teammates that would love to light my <laughs> ass up if I put a helmet on. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you've had success so far. I know it's, you know, uh, there'd be time to be reflective after the season, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you are really taking advantage of the opportunities that you've had. Obviously, unfortunate that injuries are what caused the opportunities, but it seems like you're really getting into a, a rhythm and a comfort zone out there. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> you know, most people know this is kind of really my first season playing. So each game is just more and more reps and more comfortability. And, uh, yeah, with the people getting hurt, I don't want to see any of my guys going down. But, 
you know, the goal is just, again, like I always say, just to be ready and get out there to be able to produce and help the team win because if you won't, even if you're not a, a solidified starter, they'll find somebody else to replace you if you're not getting the do- job done. And that's just how this works, so I just got to make sure I come in every day to work, you know. So how, how do you get yourself ready for just the sheer amount of snaps that you're going to play? Because, like, Harold does this or de- did this when he was healthy, like just play 90% of the snaps out there, sicko-type stuff. Like, And, you know, Harold can maintain and, and hold up. It seems like you're you're playing a lot and, you know, out of necessity at that point. Do you have to kind of use the games to get yourself into that shape, or is there anything that can be done on the front end to kind of get you ready for that? Well, you know, I mean, coming out of college, I kind of did that same thing. College played probably more than 90% of the snaps, just how that plays out with the roster. And then coming in as a young guy, rookie, second-year guy now um, under this team, Coach Raisin, coaches, you know, I'm expected to earn a lot and, and go out there and play a lot during the preseason, which I enjoy. And even now, regular season, whatever's asked of me, I want as many reps as I can get as long as I'm not, you know, so tired I'm putting the defense at risk. And I think it really, for me, just started in the preseason, you know, being out there for 70 snaps, three games in a row, running around in uh, practice during camp, you know, doing special teams, uh, just just constantly running and working during camp. And then once you get your legs back fresh, you realize how shape you, how much shape you are in. Titans outside linebacker Rashad Weaver is our guest. Lucas, can I get the Mike Keith uh, call of one of his two sacks against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, please? Car under pressure. Hit. Rashad Weaver. That is Mike Keith, Titans Radio on the call. My mistake: two sacks against the Giants, one against the Raiders. Uh, what? So explain the dance after that, because I saw the the Detroit running back do a similar thing after he scored a touchdown. One more pump, and he would have gotten flagged. What? What? What's the move there? <laughs> Man, that was the first time I heard that uh, call right there. I like that. It had me smiling. You know, we don't get to hear that on the field. No, you don't. You don't. So but, you guys uh, don't see the the highlights of Mike Keith screaming in the booth the way that we do. Sometimes I catch him on Twitter. Sometimes I don't. If people retweet him or I see him or uh, yeah, so that was that had me smiling. But um, my bad. What was the question? <laughs> the question is, what was the dance move? Because you got people oh, going. You're gyrating look, out there. Hey, I just look. Still young, I just scroll on TikTok all day and be seeing funny stuff. And I decide that's what I'm gonna do. Honestly, I think it I told my dad the day before the game that when I get sacked, I'm gonna do this little dance. I showed him um, from TikTok, so and I just kind of added my own, you know, heat of the moment to it. No, I see. I love it because I, you know, I I'm now starting now I'm starting to get old, Rashad. I'm on TikTok too, but like I feel like your parents on on TikTok at this point. It's not it's not a great place to exist. I don't recommend it. <laughs> But like the the choreographing of the dance moves before, like you got to know, you got to have a plan in mind for when oh, you yeah, bring yeah. down Derek always, Carr, you're gonna get into it a little bit. Definitely, I used to always talk about that in in college to the younger players. You know, I um, mean, I'm trying to get there now. Once you're comfortable and you know you can go out there and you're prepared and you know you your goal every game is to get sacks plus more as an edge rusher. And um, when you're practicing you know, or thinking about celebrations the day or two days before the game. I think it's just, uh, in my head, a confidence boost. You know, you know you're going to go out there and make those type of plays. So you're preparing the same way to uh, celebrate with your teammates and, and turn it up. And I think um, even that, you know, that little celebration, it had my teammates excited and um, just having fun while we're out there playing. And people don't know how much energy that brings. All right, wrapping up the podcast on a Friday. 
before we get you out of here, before I get in the car and roll on up to Indianapolis, I got to remind you that you can beat Vegas this football season. Or better yet, challenge yourself to beat Vegas this football season. You can do that with Superbook Sports. They give you the chance every week to go head-to-head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. No fancy computer algorithms, no guys from across the pond setting lines for American sports. Just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odd boosts and promo bets anywhere, both locally and nationally. So download the Superbook Sports app or visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas today. Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. That's going to do it for us. Chat again next Friday. We'll see how this thing goes. Catch you on Sunday night in the stadium at Lucas Oil, 7 o'clock Central Time, because I'll be on Eastern Time. So we'll bump the show up an hour early. We'll have the full reaction to whatever goes down at Lucas Oil Stadium. See you guys.